0: I'm Jonah Laurie, president of Magnitude Incorporated. And I'm Marcia Simmons, head of content at Magnitude. And this is the latest episode of our fabulous marketing podcast where we discuss the things that have been most on our minds over the course of the previous month. This time it's South by Southwest, which is ongoing as we record this podcast and from which some of our dearest clients have just returned as well as our uh, CEO, Scott Crady. Marcia, you and I share the perspective that South by Southwest is a really primo speaking opportunity. And since speaking opportunities is one of the things that we pursue on behalf of our clients, we spent a big chunk of last year pursuing panel submissions for a number of our clients and trying to get them picked up by South by Southwest. And unfortunately, none of them made the cut this time. But it was a really positive experience, so positive that our clients from Dead Lizard decided that they would go ahead and attend the festival anyway. And our CEO, Scott, went along with them to optimize the opportunity. And they just got back and they agreed unanimously, totally worth it. You've been four times, Marsha. Can you talk a little bit about why we, why you and why we think it's such a valuable thing to invest the time and energy in?
1: So when you go to South by Southwest, first of all, it's massive. Whether you're going just for interactive or you're staying for all the components of the conference, there are tens of thousands of people there. And a majority of them are going to be in the Venn diagram of what you're interested in. And the way that it's set up, it's a good networking opportunity because everybody is very chatty and they just want to talk about the things that are happening in the panels. They want to talk about going and grabbing tacos. It's a very easy way to talk to a lot of people of all levels from all industries and really get a sense of what's happening that's important. Basically, If there's a hot topic like AI, everybody who's a thought leader in that space is going to be there. So if that's interesting to you, that's the place to be. And you can either hear them talk in a keynote or a panel, you can run into them in line, or you can spot them and go and talk to them at a meetup or at one of the organized parties. So it's probably difficult for very introverted people, but it is a good opportunity to immerse yourself not only what's right in front of your face about your business, but to expand your view and get a good sense of what's going on in the world and in other people in your industry.
0: I've I've successfully submitted panels for South by Southwest in the past. And the way that I've always approached it and the way that we approached it last year while we were trying to get a number of our clients through is that the value of trying to get a panel through is there. So all of the time you have to spend thinking critically about what you have to offer on a stage like that, like what is in, what what is of interest that you can bring to that situation. That's valuable. Putting a panel together with people who you either already know or would like to know or would like to know better who can be key contacts either as clients or contacts in the media or peers with whom you just want to do some next level networking, it is so flattering to people to be asked to participate in something like that and, you know, have their expertise complemented in that way. But also, if you do get to do it with them, what a great way to get to know them better and travel together and spend that time together. Um, and then once you have got your panel going, your submission going, you get a lot of stuff for social media, you're engaging with your community, trying to get people to vote for your panel submission, you get to talk about what you're doing, and at the end of it all, if you get in, it gives you basically a year's worth of networking and social content, jumping off points for interviews. Um, if you don't get in, it gives you the same thing, basically. It gives you a lot of jumping off points for interviews, you've already put on all the work, you can use that panel idea somewhere else, like... It's super labor intensive, but I feel like we didn't waste a single second in the efforts that we put in on behalf of our clients.
1: Well, I think that's one of the things that sets South by Southwest apart from other conferences. First of all, the breadth. It's not as narrowly focused as some industry conferences. So you can really play around with your idea, maybe get some panelists on board that normally wouldn't be going to your industry specific conference, but that would be interesting to talk to, would be valuable to your business and your perspective. And the other thing that's unique is, yes, even if you don't get a panel, if you're not standing up on a stage, you can get practically the same value from being an attendee with a normal badge.
0: The experience of attending in person for Dead Lizard and for Scott was exhausting, I think, is probably the best word to encapsulate it, but really invigorating. They all came back feeling like, oh my gosh, I have to sit down and reconsider everything. I got so much good, super current information out of that about everything that I think I'm doing and everything that I want to do. You just totally hit the nail on the head, Marsha, with how like the thought leaders of the things that are the most relevant now are there. And, and when we were putting the panel submissions together last year, ChatGPT hadn't launched yet. You know, AI was not the thing that we were the most focused on projecting ahead to, you know, during the summer, putting these panel submissions together, projecting ahead to what would be relevant in March of the following year. And that was so important at this year's festival. And if the train hadn't already been in motion for the people who knew they wanted to be there, you know, they, they might have missed out on the opportunity to see those people and be in the moment where those ideas were basically being launched onto the big stage. I mean, I know we all know about ChatGPT, but listening to the founders of these companies talk about what they're doing and what's, what's next without waiting for the delay or the distillation of it coming through the media, how exciting.
1: Well, I think another one of the benefits of South by Southwest is that it is the kind of thing where you have to go into it with an open mind Yes, it's good to have a plan, but you can't have too strict of an agenda of what you're going to do there and what you plan to get out of it because you don't actually know what it's going to be till you're there. Even the panel description, if something shifts in the industry, those people are going to be of the level and ability to shift what they're talking about and make it relevant to you today. So not only do you have to be open in how you approach um, opportunities to meet people there, like it's not the kind of conference where you go and you're like, I've set up 27 meetings to go to go to when I'm there because everything is so fluid and a little chaotic that it's all about who you're seeing in the moment. But also you have to have a little bit of flexibility in which panels you're going to go to, which events you're going to go to and what you're going to get out of it because it really is of the moment. Like you'll notice that a lot of the... Um, panels that ultimately are chosen have either very broad topics such as you know the future of ai and you can use that as a jumping point for whatever you want to talk about or they have very very specific niche topics that you know aren't necessarily evergreen but they're so unique to the speakers that they can just make little shifts to what they talk about so i think that the key to really getting a lot out of it is having an open mind and having a flexible agenda. And that's going to be true if you're using it to, you know, generate content for your company's blog and social media. Like, yes, of course, you want to go in with a plan of what you want to get out of it, but you are probably going to find out something you didn't know about that's going to inspire a whole new idea and maybe several blog posts and maybe a new approach to how you handle your social media.
0: One of the things that When we were working on this last year, the panel submissions were due in July. And we started working on all of our panels with our clients in May, if I remember correctly. And what we decided after we got our submissions in was next year, we need to start earlier. And the key thing that was a source of frustration Which, in the past, I think it kind of depends on what you're trying to accomplish. I hadn't had as much trouble with this in the past, but I also, um, I can't say why, actually. One of the things that we really struggled with this time was locking down panelists, where some of the people that we wanted to include couldn't because of um, restrictions on what they were allowed to say publicly in their uh, current job role, um, some of the people just had other things come up in life that that sidelined them. And finding the right people to plug into those spots after somebody turned down the opportunity or had to withdraw was really time consuming. It, it wasn't difficult to identify people who would be great, but it was really time consuming to get people signed up. And so I think one of our key takeaways from last year's experience was that the panel might be the thing to get together first. Um, that the panel might contribute to leading the idea and not not the thing that follows the idea. And I I don't think they could be completely separated from each other. Any any organization that's considering taking something to South by has to have some kernel of an idea for what would be worthwhile for them to be the ones talking about um but i think like in that same moment the list of people who might be really good contributors should also be taking form and also south by southwest expects a diverse panel and that's both like that's every kind of diversity that's race age background area of expertise like you know you you can't have a bunch of 50 year old white guys sitting next to each other who all kind of agree with each other. It's not a conversation. It's just like, um, you know, a monologue delivered four ways and you want it to be a conversation where there's a little bit of contrast and conflict and things getting mixed up in order to keep it lively and interesting. And that really complicates putting a panel together. If you haven't thoughtfully approached that, if you're, if you're going into it thinking, Oh hey, Marsha, you and I should put a panel together. Like, you know, you and I are not terribly different people. So that that would be us having fun, but would it be qualifying? And when you put it through that, you know, framework, it's it's a challenge to get the right group of people together and have all of them available, knowing that they have to commit to it months in advance before they even know if they're selected. And have them willing, you know, to to stand on stage or sit on stage and participate in this event.
1: Well, aside from the scheduling complexities, I think that another benefit to basically having the panel first and iterating on the topic together is they're your partners in developing this. They're with you every step of the way. So, yes, even if you're the panel organizer It not only benefits you for getting their participation and buy-in, but it benefits the panel that everybody really has a strong stake in what the content is going to be, what you're trying to communicate, and that you've developed that together. It's just going to make for a better panel. And if somebody does have to drop out for some reason, it makes it easier for you to find the right person to fill that slot because you say, okay, we know exactly what we're doing this person and that person might be a good addition to that conversation instead of going, oh, we're talking about Web3. Who's a Web3 expert? I've looked it up on LinkedIn.
0: One of the interesting points, the fellows from Dead Lizard came back with some really good observations as well about how few of the panels they attended, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mar, but this is what I remember them saying, how few of the panels they attended thoughtfully incorporated any kind of audience interaction to keep people engaged and awake, um, and how many opportunities were missed for having any kind of visual aid or visual component to the panel, which I I think you're allowed to. You've, You've been there more than me. I've been there zero times and you've been
1: there four times. You're definitely allowed to, and they encourage you to do it. When yeah. you're applying, you do also make a video, but there's that's not with the expectation that this is what you're going to be showing on screen or that it's representative of your AV capabilities. It's more of a supporting material about the topic. So I think actually that's one area of the application process that could be improved, like audience participation and interaction, um, AV components, other things like that that engage your audience, not just because it's more interesting, but you're gonna get through to more people. People have different learning and listening styles, and it's gonna differentiate one panel from the next. If you're a person who's like, boom, 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 schedule going from one to the other, you're gonna remember the panel that reinforced the information and the conversation you were hearing with some other ways of learning and experiencing.
0: One of the things that I think is really valuable about making the effort to go to something like that as well is making it a well-rounded experience and a well-documented experience. So I guess I should have said two of the things that I think are really important about, but uh, I think the dead lizard guys did a great job with that. I know you've done a great job with that in the past of eating all of the good food (laughs) while you're there and seeing some things that aren't relevant to your professional objectives, going to see a film screening, a movie premiere, you know, attending a couple of things that just align with your personal interests because there's so much cool stuff going on. And taking pictures while you're there, taking videos, documenting your time there, because it's cool. But also, you know, that that gives it a little bit of staying power in your social feed to say, this is a thing I'm doing. And this is a thing I did instead of have it just be, oh, oh, gosh, here's us with the sign. And and we had a really good time. Take our word for it.
1: Well, and it, it gives you a better experience, but also that's how South by Southwest was designed. They have all of those different conferences overlapping on purpose. They want people who are going for interactive to be able to go to a film screening. I mean, one of the times I went, I went from a panel about um, sponsored content to go see a comedy show. And it was all a part of the same badge. It was all a part of the same event. And a lot of the same people went there. And so, you know also opportunity to talk to people you want to talk to in the right setting with a great opening right there in front of you. You don't have to have some awkward elevator pitch that you rehearse and say to everybody that you want to talk to. You're talking about the good band you saw. You're talking about the tacos that you just got from this taco truck and where are you guys going for lunch. And, um, there's value in that for your socials too, because, Nobody wants to see a picture of a bunch of people sitting on a stage over and over again in your social feed. Like perhaps the panel was really interesting and you have some good thoughts about it, but all social media at this point is, a, is visual. And to have some more interesting things to pepper in there, like, yes, you're going to have, like, here's this great speaker talking. But you're also going to have, here's this strange speakeasy that I was able to get into that has this interesting thing on the wall. And here's this movie I went to go see and look who I ran into. And I went to the creative meetup at this place and look at the cool plants that they have there. I mean, it gives people a more immersive experience through your social media. They know what it's like to be there.
0: There's also the networking component to that, too. You know, the the submission of a panel is sort of a long form networking experience, whether or not your panel gets through. If you're there talking to people is the networking experience and documenting that you met up and having the photos to tag or the shout outs to things that you really enjoyed to tag. Like that's the beginning of a relationship. That's something that will carry you through afterwards as someone who is at the very least a friend, if not a source of referrals or a new client, a new partner in some form. And, you know, being in a situation where everybody is a little laid back and just talking. But I think what I keep thinking of is um, one of our friends used to go to all of these Britpop concerts in the nineties in LA and it didn't take very long for her to realize she was seeing the same people at every show and they've been friends ever since. And that that is such an easy way to make friends. And as an adult, it's it's harder to structure moments like that where you are seeing the same people over and over and that's enough of a reason to strike up a conversation and be friends. But when you're in an event like that, and you see the same people at the comedy show that you saw at the taco stand that you saw at the immersive media presentation, you know, you recognize that you have something in common and it's easy to say, oh my gosh, I keep running into you. And there you go. And and that's not something that you're likely to be able to do when you're back in your cubicle in Minneapolis or whatever.
1: Well, and I was joking a little bit earlier when I said it might be a challenge for introverts, but actually it's a situation where if you can get past the chaos and the crowdedness of it it's easier because first of all people are coming up to you you have context you have something to talk about that is not oh crap i have to deliver my business goals to them so that they will do what i want and we will set up a meeting sure you can do that if it gets to the point but it's enough you can make goals for yourself and just say okay I'm in line, I'm gonna to talk to whoever's in line around me and you know what, even if you don't, they will probably talk to you. And the friendliness it encompasses all levels of people there. You know, they can be the keynote speaker, they can be a college student who's there to learn. All of those people, once they get into it, the way that you make yourself have a good south by southwest is being open to talking to the people around you and you're going to have to you want to find out if you're standing in the right line you want to find <laughs> out, <laughs> you want to find out about that party that you saw that everybody was going to but you can't figure out where it is you know all those kinds of things you want to know if this place that you're waiting in line to get food from is good all of these things are going to be a lot easier because everybody around you has opened themselves up to this experience because that's the only way to do it I don't know. Maybe there is some hyper-organized person out there who ahead of time was able to lay out every single step of every single thing they were going to do there and they followed it to a T. But in my experience, that's not possible. Things are going to be delayed. Stuff is going to move. You're going to get to something that's not going to be appealing. Something's going to take longer than you thought it would. You have to be open. And most of the time because of so much going on there you're going to find something else that was as good or better than what you intended to do i mean preparing in advance and making a list is great so you have your intentions but oftentimes if you're open you'll have opportunities to like see things you didn't know would be there I was invited to, you know, companies were having a little gathering there that wasn't on the official schedule and it ended up being a great time. You met people, could just be friends, could be people you do business with, could just be for that evening, you had a wonderful experience and some good conversation and social media content.
0: Well, I think the reason, I mean, this is something that's been on our minds for the last several weeks because we were actively in conversation with people who were on their way there. And fielding a lot of conversation while they were there, um, being actively available to them to <laughs> be their long distance admin if they needed it, but also to uh, get their social media content up in a timely fashion when they couldn't do it. And so we've been sort of remotely in the trenches when it comes to South by Southwest for the last several weeks. And now that it's now that our direct experience with it is over, um, we are getting ready to start thinking about 2024 and putting together the early stages of the panel submissions for our clients for next year, because in our opinion, it's time.
1: So Leona, what is the recommended timeline and cadence for um, somebody who wanted to submit to South by Southwest?
0: Well, Marsha, I think it's obvious that a layperson is incapable of doing it and they need to hire someone like us. <laughs> <laughs> it takes 1 million hours and you have to start in January of the previous year. Um, I really think it depends on what you're trying to accomplish and how, I would say, how tight your community is around the topic that you want to address. So, you know, if you have pre-existing buy-in from a lot of people who you've turned to for other panels or who you consistently put things together with and you are able to say... In my industry, I have a reasonable expectation that this thing that's on the frontier will be an appropriate fit for South by Southwest, and that I am the right person to bring this topic to that audience as the moderator for a panel that will include any number of people from this readily accessible selection. And you have in-house the team capable of investing the time in putting the application together, creating the visual component that's part of the application and doing all the legwork to get the bios and headshots for everybody who's participating and get their buy-in, you know, you can probably start in May and, you know, have the early part done in May, easy peasy, do the real labor of getting it together in June and get it turned in at the front end of the submission period. But if you are a smaller organization, and this is something that would either take you away from your day-to-day responsibilities or that you would have to outsource, if you're interested in doing it in 2024, it's time to start working on it now.
1: Also, I think a good thing to keep in mind is if you aren't chosen as a panel, do you still intend to go? What are the benefits? You know, We talked about many of them, but what are the di- direct benefits to your organization?
0: In conclusion... We think South by Southwest is a really worthwhile exercise for pretty much anybody. I mean, you know, I I can't think of anybody we work with or we have worked with who couldn't benefit from attending and who couldn't provide a benefit by putting forward a panel and trying to have a presence there. Do you you think I'm wrong? Can you think of anyone who just really shouldn't even consider it?
1: Only rule it out if you absolutely... Cannot fit anything extra in your schedule. If you're really mm-hmm. just running on a skeleton crew, not getting enough sleep at night because you're worried about keeping up with your obligations, then even at its best, this is not going to be for you. It does take quite a bit of time. But one thing, we'll use Dead Lizard as an example. When we were coming up with ideas and working with them on what they could present a panel about, many of those ideas we have turned into opinion pieces and articles that they've written and gotten published elsewhere. We've Mm -hmm. turned them into um, ideas that they can pursue for um, social media and LinkedIn and things like that. So I think that if you have the time, and if you maybe have somebody on staff who could, you know, be the organizer and the wrangler, you can view this as a multi-pronged opportunity. There's the getting into Southwest, but there's also all of the content and all of the um, making connections and learning more about um, different things that affect your industry, all of the benefits of that are still available to you. So whether or not you attend South by Southwest or get a panel in there, This type of thing is an exercise that can really produce a lot for you.
0: Talking about restraints on time, I think restraints on money should be considered as well. Yes. I would say that one of the things that has been a bit confounding in some of the attempts that I've made on clients' behalves has been if their budget didn't support, offering to get the panelists there and put them up in hotels. If you are relying on the panelists to provide their own transportation, pay for their own food, pay for their own hotel, it's asking quite a lot of them. It really has to be to their benefit to do it. And if you are restricting yourself to people who already live in the Austin area and would not need to be put up, again, you're kind of putting barriers on what you're capable of um, putting together for a panel submission. And you're adding a lot of stress to yourself. And so the money part does have to be considered. If you are successful in getting a panel through, then everyone on the panel gets their badges. And that is a savings. You're not paying for registration. But you still need to travel there from wherever you're based, unless you are literally in the Austin area. And you need to have a hotel. And Marsha recommends hotel as close as possible to the footprint rather than Airbnb that requires transport to and from the footprint of the festival. Um, that, I mean, you should expect the prices of everything to be ratcheted up because of this event. Um, and people eat. So anybody that is part of your entourage will need to eat the entire time they're there. It it is easy for this to be a really expensive endeavor if you're taking more than one person from your organization and you're covering the costs of three panelists, then that adds up pretty quickly. But having having the budget note for that, I think if it's coming from your marketing budget, it's something that if you see it as a one to two week long endeavor that you can benefit from for a year, it, it's, a, it's a cost that can be spread out across month, multiple months budget, I think.
1: Well, and one thing to keep in mind if somebody's listening to this and thinking, like, oh, I know several ways I can cut back on the cost, like you mentioned, people who are already based in Austin, maybe more people from your company who can share rooms and use other company resources, you have to remember that is going to limit the diversity of your panel. If you have a lot of people that are just from Austin, if you have a panel that is all people from your company, it doesn't mean it won't get accepted, but the diversity of the panel in all dimensions is something that they consider and they make you explicitly say in which ways you're um, contributing to diversity per panelist. So that's something to think about. Like, yes, of course, if you're doing something and you extraordinary and you have an extraordinary idea, yes, they might have a panel that's all people from Austin. But generally speaking, when you look through these panels, it's diverse in every dimension.
0: I won't say it can't be done with a moderate budget, because I've done it, you know, I I got a panel through where we didn't cover the costs of any of the panelists, we couldn't, we didn't have the budget for it. Um, And we had a mix of people who were local and people who were already there for other reasons. So the trick with that is making sure there won't be conflicts in their schedule that prevent them from fulfilling their duty to you when the time comes. If you have a company that has a remote component. We've worked with so many companies where at least one of their team members was based in Austin, that that's the person who attends on the company's behalf. Like there are ways to keep costs down. I would say, I would caution though, that if you are investing in something like this with the idea that it is going to reflect well on your brand, and you are nickel and diming the entire experience in a way that is visible to all of the participants and everyone who's touched directly by it, it may not be advantageous to your brand to pursue the idea. And I think if you get a certain distance down the path and say, because we we actually did have this experience with one of our clients this past year, that a really good idea, they had really top-notch panelists on deck that they could have pulled in, and they decided this just doesn't align with our objectives, so we're not going to pursue it any farther than we have. I think there are so many comparable events that may be a better fit, that if you feel like, oh my gosh, this sounds so cool, I really want to do it, and then when you really get into it, you say, this, this is not a justifiable business expense for us at this time, we're not quite there, then I would say redirect that energy rather than abandoning it altogether.
1: Well, and possibly, Put it in your budget to attend one time just Mm. to see what it's like to get a better sense of the value firsthand. And also, if you meet people or people who are already in your network and you know they intend to go to South by Southwest anyway and you guys know each other, you can have a candid conversation that's like, hey, we want to help you get there but essentially you're going anyway like let's split it or you know there's value to your company you're going to be hosting an event there whatever it is like there are ways to do it with some cost savings that still don't make your brand look like you're super cheap and expect people to pay you for the opportunity to speak on your panel
0: super cheap or fiscally insolvent you know depending yes, on what your industry is if you're if you're meant to have stacks of cash as part of your identity or your industry and you're asking people to pay their own way, uh, that's going to work against you. So don't do it.
1: Which would encompass pretty much everybody in the interactive
0: component. Mm. Nobody
1: there wants to look like they don't have the money to, to send their team.
0: Okay, I think we've probably gone, I mean, this is a topic that we could approach a lot of different ways, but I think we've probably hit all of the bases for the things we've spent the most time talking about in this past several weeks. I agree. Well, that's it for this episode, then. And we will be back in roughly a month with whatever it is we talk about for the next month.
1: Thank you for joining us.
0: Yes, thank you. Okay. Bye.
1: Bye bye.